So uh, this is a healing service uh, Sunday. Every so often we just give a, a big portion of one of our worship services over to the ministry of, of healing the sick, which if you've uh, spent any time reading the Bible, reading the gospel stories, for instance, makes a, up a huge portion of Jesus's ministry. Uh, he and his followers uh, went around healing the sick. Uh, very often, um, a lot of the best stories in the gospels are about Jesus uh, relieving the suffering of a sick or an injured person. And repeatedly in the Gospels, he commands his followers to do the same. Preach the Gospel, preach the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise, raise the dead, cast out demons, that sort of thing. Uh, and while uh, we may not be the caliber of miracle workers that Jesus was, uh, as a matter of obedience, we feel like we have to make space for supernatural things to happen because we are instructed in Scripture that God is a living God and that God is a present God, and woe to us if we don't act like it. Uh, so this is us acting like it. We make space for God to actually do supernatural things. And since ministry is a partnership between God and us, we try to execute uh, so in a little while, what we will do is invite those of you who are sick or injured uh, to identify yourselves in some fashion, to stand or to come forward or something like that. And those of us on the ministry team will lay a hand on your shoulder and speak a blessing to you, and we're going to see what happens. Very often, cool things uh, happen. And, um, and we've become quite committed to this because a lot of our best stories come from this sort of supernatural uh, ministry. And I, I just heard this morning uh, a story uh, from one of our, uh, our, our, our church pillars <clears throat> who uh, had gone out uh, from Blue Water to, to teach on supernatural ministry and to inspire others and then to do some ministry on the streets. And so I'm going to call Brenda back up uh, real quick. And she was in, it was in uh, Wisconsin, right? And she was uh, leading a, a seminar uh, on supernatural ministries, healing ministries, using some materials that we cooked up here around Blue Water. And, and what happened? Yeah, so... There you go. So this was a class for Inner staff. And we're using Jordan's book. And we're teaching them about listening prayer, healing, deliverance, prophetic ministry, how to bring it to the campus. And so one exciting um, testimony is we broke out in the afternoon one day in Madison in pairs to go pray for people, pray for healing, pray for prophecies for the people that we're going to meet. And my partner was the co-teacher, and we, I said, there's a guy with a cane. And we're like, okay. So we said, can we pray for you? We prayed for him. We prayed for his hip. He's like, oh, I felt something warm. And, we, and then I said, oh, do you want to try walking? Like maybe about five feet away. You want to walk to that tree and back? And then we noticed that his foot was like this, and he was walking like this. And then me and my partner were like, oh, my gosh, he's, his leg is twisted. So we actually left, and then he goes, I think we should pray for him again. So we went back, and we're like, can we pray for you again? So we prayed that his leg would be straightened. And then we, I said, could you walk to the tree again? And then it was more straightened, and he came back. And then we said, okay, we'll pray again. And we prayed for him three times. And then the third time after we prayed for him, when he walked to the tree, his leg was not really twisted anymore. He walked to the tree and back. And later on, we heard from our class members that they saw him sitting on the bench and he was just going like this he's like some people were praying for me and my leg got straightened so i have a lot of faith for today and i've never seen anything like that but god is a god of miracles
So obviously, if you're sick or injured, you're going to want Brenda to pray for you uh, today because she's got the momentum, man. Um, uh, cool story. And, you know, of course, uh, we get wonderful little testimonies like that uh, every, every so often. Uh, in, in, the, in the life of Blue Water right now, uh, we are in the middle of a sermon series on, on mindsets, the mindset of faith versus the mindset of fear. Which one are you going to set your mind in? Are you going to set your mind in fear, anxiety, stress, or are you going to set your mind in faith, confidence, and trust? And that battle, that choice, is actually, I think, the primary battle in life. Whatever battle you have in life, it begins with the internal battle of faith versus fear, if you're a believer. And if you win the internal battle, then it sets you up really nicely uh, to win the external battle. Jesus was constantly teaching on this. He said, look, you know, go for faith. If you have just a little bit of faith, if you have just a mustard seed amount of faith, then you can tell mountains to move. When his disciples failed to heal people, he would... Uh, encourage them by saying, well, you had, you had too little faith. I mean, you got to get your faith on, guys. Uh, you got to get set in trust and confidence. One of the nice things about sharing testimonies is that, oh, yeah, it sort of encourages us to, to trust, to have faith, uh, as opposed to wonder anxiously what's going to happen, right? Faith uh, versus fear. Nobody is perfect in this regard, but we fight for faith, and we work hard to cultivate habits of the mindset of faith. Today, just really briefly, because I want to get to the healing ministry, I'm going to talk about a subtle sort of mindset that can really defeat faith. Um, and, and I call it the, the religious mindset. Some people in Christian tradition have called it the religious spirit. Not good religion, you know, sort of like bad religiosity. That's what we're talking about. And uh, the religious mindset is sort of a fear of judgment. It's just a focus on fear of doing things wrong and getting judged, as opposed to a desire to be obedient to God, right? And those are different things. You can fear God's going to judge you for not doing things right, or you can just really desire to do things right. And those are subtly different things. It might seem like a small distinction, but actually I think it pays uh, big dividends. Um, it's, it's a matter of emphasis. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But it's not the end of wisdom. It's not all there is. I mean, we aren't just supposed to be afraid of God. It might start that way. It's like, ooh, God is kind of scary. I'm going to do what he says. But when you start doing what he says, you realize that the commands that he gives you are actually very caring commands that would keep us out of trouble, keep us healthy. And you realize that really he's not such a frightening guy after all. He's actually sort of a loving guy. And then your fear bleeds over into trust. You know, it becomes respect and then reliance and then trust, and pretty soon you're really set in faith. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of things, and we never want to lose our respect for the might of God. 
but we do want to be able to rest in trusting the character of God, and, and that's what we're talking about. And maybe you know people who seem stuck in a mindset of fear, whether it's fear of God or just fear in life, fear of getting things wrong. They're the people that are always walking around saying, um, is, is, this, is this okay, or did I do something wrong? You tell me, right? You tell me if I screwed it up. They're just waiting for judgment, and that's a heck of a way to live. How can you be sure that you're doing it the right way? No, you can't. You can't. That's not really the point of life with God. By contrast, maybe uh, you're familiar with some people who are simply eager to do what's right, not afraid of doing wrong. Those people will say, hey, I tried this out. I don't know, what do you think? Any suggestions? And those people are open to judgment and evaluation, but there's no fear in it. You see the difference? Go ahead and snap your fingers if you do, because uh, I'm afraid of your judgment. Not really. It's a matter of an expectation of judgment versus an expectation of generosity and help. What do you expect from God? Do you expect judgment and correction, or do you expect generosity and help? That's what, that's what I'm, I'm talking about. And, and that discussion makes me think of a very important word often used in Christian circles, very often used in the epistles of Paul, and that is the word grace. Grace. I hear it's amazing. I think grace is the most foreign concept in the world. I think people outside the church don't understand grace very well. And I think, honestly... Few Christians understand grace very well. It's hard because, you know, it seems like it should offend God. If you do something wrong and somebody is gracious about it, ah, don't worry about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just offend God? Did you just take the ways of God too casually? Are you too lax with sin? Or are you full of grace? You know, grace is kind of hard to get a, a grip on that way. I think grace is a very aggressive mindset if you get it right. Grace is the radical generosity of God. All things are permissible, Paul says. It's just that not all of them are profitable. In other words, in God's mind, it's, it's not waiting to tell you what you did wrong. He just wants you to be healthy. You know, generosity, grace, and I think grace relates to healing ministry uh, quite directly. I think healing ministry is one of the, the, maybe the top two ways that Jesus demonstrated grace when he walked on the earth with us. He just went around healing people. He never interviewed them first. He never bothered to determine whether they deserved it. He's like, oh, you're sick? Uh, before, you, before you say anything, I just want you to know God loves you. He forgives you in the name of me. Be well, you know. Um, and, and he would heal paralytics or lepers who very much felt judged by God. And then he would just walk away. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day got very mad at him for doing that. Said, you make miracles too easy. You're a little free with those healings, Jesus, because these guys aren't doing life right. They're not doing the God thing correctly. You shouldn't heal them like that. You didn't do it the right way. 
And that was actually an argument that Jesus got into a lot. Uh, there's a, a story about it on the back of your program. This will be our scripture for the day. Then we'll just move right into healing ministry. Uh, this is a common sort of story. Uh, and uh, it's from the Gospel of Luke, one of those healing stories. On another Sabbath, which is the holy day, God's day uh, for the Jews, on another Sabbath, he, Jesus, went into the synagogue, which was like going into church, and was teaching. And a man there whose right hand was shriveled. I don't know what it looked like. It was all shriveled up. It was twisted somehow in, in much the same way that uh, the leg of the man that Brenda ministered to was twisted, I suppose. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. What's wrong with healing on the Sabbath? What's wrong with, what's wrong with doing healing miracles on, during Sunday church? Well, uh, they were quite religious about the Sabbath. It's supposed to be a day of rest, right? And I, I think they had the idea that, well, I mean, trying to heal a sick person, that's like work. And you don't do that kind of stuff on the day of rest. You can do that the next day, Jesus. I mean, if you can do miracles, there are six days of the week to do miracles. Just give it a break and honor God. Does that sound kind of silly to you? But it was kind of a big deal. It was a very big deal. Sabbath laws were a very big deal in that religious culture. So, so this is what it has come to in Jesus' ministry. They are watching Jesus to see if, they're gonna, if he's going to heal this sick guy on the Sabbath and offend God. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Um, stand where you are. I'm going to minister to you. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? And that word for evil can be translated harm. So to do, to do good or to do harm? to help someone or to hurt someone, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to save a life or to destroy it. So he has sort of changed perspective on the question. And he looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He just gives the guy an order. And he did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus because uh, Jesus went around doing the miracle uh, the wrong way. Some people are so obsessed with doing things right that they don't get around to doing the right thing. And that's one of the symptoms of the judgment mindset as opposed to the grace mindset. They lose track of the big picture. And Jesus never lost track of the big picture. It's like, we are doing this here today. We have come together because God is good and wants to help us. Let's just keep it simple. Let's not fret over the rules and regulations and just kind of look at the big picture. God is good and he loves us and he's generous. Let's understand everything in that light. Very good little sermon. 
Uh, these guys were fearing the condemnation of God, evidently. And Jesus just had a, a simple faith in God's generosity. God doesn't like suffering. Uh, he probably wants us to do something about it. Let's take care of this. That word simple is a good word. <clears throat> I liken it to a spirit of calculation versus a spirit of love. Love doesn't calculate. You guys, you love anyone in life? You got somebody that you love? Anybody? Love? If you truly love someone, then you love them all the way. Right? This is a person that you would die for. There's no calculation in love. There's a lot of calculation in religion. There's a lot of measurement. There's a lot of evaluation. Uh, so as we move into healing ministry, I just like to, I like to move in, in, a, in a spirit of love and eagerness. I don't know, maybe you came today uh, and, and, and you're sick and, and you're wondering, well, I mean, am I the sort of person that, that God would heal? How do I measure up? What's the calculation? Yeah, don't care. It's not the day for that. You know, this is, this is God's day. It's the day of grace. It's a day of love. It's a day of simplicity. Um, and uh, the Lord wants to bless you. Let's just keep it simple. Let's just go with that. Because I think that's the mindset of grace. And you know what that does? It allows me to believe. It allows me to move in faith. And it allows me to do miracles. Amen? We'll go with that today. Um, I think this is a day for the Lord's uh, generosity. I think it's a day for rest, and I think it's a day for restoration. And perhaps some of you need to be restored. Uh, so too, those of you today who are going to minister the healing miracles, maybe you're wondering if you're up to it, how you measure up. Are you ready? Oh, of course you're not ready. We're talking about a miracle. Nobody's ready for a miracle. Technically, they are impossible. All right, so let's just get over it. Just get over it and rely on the radical generosity of God rather than uh, your skill set, uh, your training, or your readiness. Your week wasn't so holy that you're all that. But you're here, and God is here, and the Spirit is in the room. And if we are obedient and we try, or try a second time, or try a third time, as was the case in Brenda's story, um, the kingdom comes. The kingdom comes. And we move in obedience to the Lord's command to preach the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received. So today we will freely give without qualification or calculation. All right. Are you with me? Let's just pray and see how the Lord leads. <clears throat> Father God, we pray for the gift of your presence in the room. I pray that... Uh, it would be uh, said of this morning, as it was said uh, of your ministry in Luke 5, that the presence of the Spirit was there to heal many. Uh, many have come today in hope, Lord, in the name of Jesus. May your hope turn into expectation and confidence. The Lord is with you, and he loves you a good deal more than you imagine. In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, I just bless you with the grace of the Lord. Uh, you are forgiven.
this morning. You are forgiven for all things by the mighty blood of Jesus. By his sacrifice and love for you, he makes you clean. There is no barrier. The Lord is with you and upon you. In the name of Jesus, now receive your healing.